Y'all, hello, spooky dookies. It has been a hot-ass minute. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How's everybody? We hope that your Christmas was amazing and your New Year's was amazing. We hope Happy you... New Year. Yeah, it's the New Year. We're happy, so happy. sorry that it took us forever to get this podcast out, but... We had some holiday family stuff going on, and we just, you know, we wanted to take the time to spend with our family because of this pandemic shit. And we know that we're still your favorite. And we know that we're still your favorite, and so Mother we were like, and let's daughter test podcast. them bitches. Let's what? test them. Are they going to be committed to us? Fuck yes. We'll see. We love you. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about Marsha Virginia Trimble. This case has been highly requested by a few members, but oh before God. we get into that, we just want to do a little bit of quick housekeeping. It's not going to be long. It's just going to be a loop, 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 loop. Can you hear it? Housekeeping. Oh, here well, comes yes, Marley. Yes, Marley to the rescue to bark. Housekeeping Thank you, love. is here. Mom, take it over. Okay, so technically we don't have any... Um, Episode house. Yeah, boo-boos from last taping. But um, those of you, again, um, let me reiterate that this case, like the bell, which one? If any of you heard that one, very, very close to me because um, it was, (laughs) well, Marsha Tremble actually was three days younger. Two days. Two days? Two days younger than Hers was the 28th. 28th. I was two days older than her. So Marsha Trimble's born the same time as me. Yeah, so when when we first moved to Nashville, it was 1973. This happened in 75. So my shout-outs go to all my girls that um, two of them I know lived very close to the area. They guessed it correctly. And my name, and one requested it. So we're going to give a shout-out to Lori Love, who I have known forever. Terry, who I've known even longer than Lori since like Lakeview Elementary. And then Jennifer. Girls. Good Thank job. you so much. Um, I know you guys have been waiting for this one, so we're ready to give it to you. And, and they're feeling it like I do because I know two out of the three it touched on a personal level because we were so freaking close in age and this shit scared me to death yeah so there you go for your housekeeping and by the way the reason that we were late on posting oh another small reason i'm so sorry well, big reason because i'm sorry had it. wait we would have had it done on friday had what's looked, today today's monday <gasps> we were supposed Holy to have shit. it posted i'm so on sorry friday. So, we're way later than what we thought, but this is, once again, I'm going to say sorry, not sorry, because this D has a new B, F, boyfriend, so, I'm sorry, my time's been a little occupied, and I love you guys, but guess what? I love my personal life a little bit more. Oh, my goodness. It's been so boring. So, yes, mom has a new boyfriend, and I uh, have a husband and child. Love, 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 And I'm still committed to the podcast. Yeah, fuck y'all. We took a day off for three. All right. So, so, let's go. So, let's So, just so you know, Devin's going to run this bitch. Yeah, I have all the deeds, and and mom has all the teeth. And I have, right? Because, again, it's personal to me, so I'm going to, like, chime in. Where I feel necessary, but girlfriend did all your homework. Girl. Thank you, girl. Okay, y'all. So the case of Marcia Virginia Trimble. So February 25th, 1975, a nine-year-old girl goes missing in an affluent neighborhood of Nashville, Tennessee. In Green Hills. And by the way, you don't live in Green Hills today unless you got a shit ton of money. Unless you're the... Kardashians. Kardashians. Why is it we refer to them in every episode? So anyways, she lived in the affluent neighborhood of Nashville known as Green Hills. And while delivering Girl Scout cookies one day, she ended up... They were Thin Mints and Samoans. Yeah. And and Tagalongs. While she was delivering Girl Scout cookies, she goes missing. And 33 days later, she is found. 
strangled and sexually assaulted in a neighbor's garage. So let's just get right oh into it. Oh my god. Of course, like mom said, this is a very well known case and it's very, you know, popular. In Nashville, and I think nationally, I know we watched something that says it wasn't known on a national level, but I beg to differ. Yeah, Because was... I've seen her mama talking to a lot of people. Yeah. About this shit. So let's talk about little old Marsha Virginia Trimble. Get into the deets, babe. She was born March 28th, 1965. Again, two days before me. After me. Two days after. After me. Mom was born. And she was born to parents Charles and Virginia Trimble. Marsha also had an older brother named Chuck, who at the time of her disappearance was 12 years old. And they lived, of course, in Green Hills. And like Mom said earlier, Green Hills is an affluent neighborhood. You've got lots Even of money. Even back then, it was right now. It was if, very if upper you middle class. Yeah, you you drive a Sebring and a today, Cadillac. Today, today, yeah, you gonna have a a Tesla or some shit if you live in Green Hills. So I wasn't able to find a lot of information on Virginia Trimble, the mom, but Charles King. It's K-I-N-K-E-A-D. So it's pronounced Kincaid, I believe. But I, I thought Kinkade. it was Kinkied. So oh I was like, Kinkied. Yeah, well, they also say, what is it? Womack instead of Womack. Instead of Womack, who yeah. is another and person. And those of us from the South all know it's pronounced Womack. But so anyway. anyways, her father, Charles Tremble, was a Nashville native. He graduated from a college in Vanderbilt area. Another uh, in money, 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 money. So in nineteen seventy-five, Charles also worked in sales for a mill supply company, Keith Simmons, which is actually a pretty well-known company. Yep. Um, of course, in that area, and the family home was located on Copeland Drive in the nicest and safest area of right. Nashville. Right, and they said it almost like made an island, not even like a. Not there were only 13 houses in, right. in the vicinity of where they lived. So right, guys. It was like a straight and then like a horseshoe shape. So it just kind of was like, you know, just... A, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it looks exactly the same today, but... It'd be interesting to drive by yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. We can drive. I can drive by it, Well, we bitch, can one day. Oh, we should one day and record yeah, it for when the you come down. Record it for the listeners. We'll do it. Yeah, so Marsha was your typical young girl with blonde hair, blue eyes, and she, of course, had freckled cheeks. She was the cutest little girl. She loved to roller skate and watch TV shows. Um, I can't remember. I think her favorite was like, I don't know. What? I don't remember. Uh, but this has to probably, do a lot about her, and she's the dead one in this case. Yes, so it's probably like me at the time, which was... The Jetsons and yeah. some Conjunction Junction. What's she your liked function? the Jetsons was one mentioned. She yes. also did a bit of writing and drawing, and it was it was she was also described as sweet and goofy, which is your norm for a nine year old young girl. So cute. So at one point in time, she actually enjoyed writing, and she wrote a piece which they mentioned in this documentary that I watched. Um, it was called The Vanishing Treasure Chest, which is about a young girl named Beth who actually felt haunted by two weird men. So, it was just a, a weird creepy. snippet. Quit somebody creepy. did their home. A nine-year-old writing about that. didn't. Mm-hmm. Go. So, I'll February 25th, 1975, it's the evening time around 5-ish p.m., and Marcia spent the day at home doing typical girl things. Her mom, Virginia, is preparing dinner, and her dad, Charles, is chilling in the den. Because, you know, at that time, you that's had a, what they a did. living room in a den. The woman was in the kitchen cooking, and the man was watching TV after yeah, Watching some boring-ass show like Bitch, golf. where's my dinner? Yeah. So Marsha runs to Virginia and claims she's going to run across the street to drop off some Girl Scout cookies. And legit, across the street might have been like, meh, it meh, was actually across the like, U, so not just like boom. When you look at the pictures of the vicinity, it was kind of like across. So it was more of like an across thing, maybe four houses People, or five houses We're still down. talking about a very small neighborhood. So Marsha's like, hey, I'm going to go and drop off Girl Scout cookies because Marsha was a Girl Scout cookie scout. Or whatever she they call was the them. She shit. 
What? She like sold Girl leader? Scout cookies. She was a scout, a Girl Scout. Well, right. So she there was were brownies back in the day. Brownies. Brownie, remember brownies, and then Girl Scouts were the upper class oh. brownies. So I was like brownies, and then well, anyway, she Girl got the Scouts, good. But shit. you know what? Brownies are better than cookies. So mm. anyway, that's I beg the deb- That's a whole nother debate. Go ahead. So, anyways, she's going to, she's like, Mom, I'm going to go over to Marie Maxwell's house. i got to take these Girl Scout cookies over there. So, she heads out wearing jeans, a pair of black boots, white socks, a navy blue and white checkered shirt with red and white collar. And she's carrying a box filled with cookies and an envelope containing $20 that she had made selling cookies. Money, 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 money. Now, I'm trying to figure out, why did she take the $20 with her? Did, was it like a Maybe change? Maybe it could have been a change like a issue. change, or was it a $20 bill? That's my no, thing. No, no, it was definitely not a $20 so bill back in So, when Marsha gets out of the door, her brother Chuck... Oh, so let me finish. Thank you. Go ahead. Her Marcia brother Chucky. Her brother Chuck, who's 12, is outside playing with his friend, whose name is March... March? March. It's in the month of March? Yeah, or marching band, March. Okay, yeah. so March. So they're playing the... basketball outside, like in the driveway or something, and he's like, hey, Marsh, you want to come play with us? And she's like, no, I got to go deliver these cookies. Bitch, I got to. off. That's right. right. I got to make some money. Bang. Money. <laughs> right, I got a J-O-B. Bye. Right, so at about this time, their houses are the close enough proximity to I where mean, the seriously. neighbor... Marie Maxwell, who she's going to take these cookies to. She could have heard her if she was screaming. She comes home from the grocery store, and she starts unloading groceries, and she could see Marsha, and she claims later on that it appeared that Marsha was there with two other people, one looking to be a child who uh, Marie Maxwell described looked a lot like March. March. The friend of Not Chuck. the month of March, but the March, the friend of the brother. Right. But she couldn't clearly recognize him. And the other was apparently a well-known, or an unknown adult in a long coat. So she didn't know who this person was. He was tall. Like a trench coat? And he was, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, is this like a, like a. What month was this? Like a fucking. What month was this? This was in. February? Yeah, it was in February. Okay, all right. You know, it was was the 70s. We were were stupid shit. Anyway. And the thing is, she didn't wear a jacket. So she was going to be right back. Right. It wasn't like she It was, was a minute. Yeah. It was a quick run. So, it was a run down to 7-Eleven and right back. Yeah. So, like, dude in a trench coat, like, it's going to be some Columbine shootout or something. I mean, That's what, what I'm thinking of. Well, like, what but is I think, again, think of the time, 70s, anyway. So, Marie's go. like, oh, shit, I owe Marsha money for Girl Scout cookies. So, she runs inside real quick and quickly writes Marsha a check. Right. For the Girl Scout cookies. Because she sees her coming. Yeah. She's like, I, she, I see her coming. She's coming my way. So, Marsha never made it to Marie Maxwell's house. Huh. And Why I'm, not? Yeah. We want to know why. Why not? So, an eyewitness claims to see a young girl resembling Marsha near the corner of an intersection, Hobbs and Estes, to be exact. Hobbs and Estes. Three-tenths of a mile from where she was last seen, but she didn't have a box of cookies in her hand. That's some bullshit. It wasn't her. Mm. But another eyewitness claims to have spotted her further up the street on Hobbs near a tree nursery with no box of cookies and looking disheveled. Mm. Now, keep in mind, later on, the tree nursery is going to play a big part. Okay. So. All right. I got you. Tree nursery. Tree nursery. So. Tree nursery. So, they can't find Marsha the night of the 25th. They're looking for what the heck. You know, time goes by and all the while the family is like, where's Marsha? Her mom goes out and hollers for her. You know, back in the day, no cell phone. No, hey, where are you? Yeah, exactly. No pager. No, I mean, they had pagers. No beeper. Yeah. So. Holy shit balls. Where's my kid? Rough. So. The, the mom goes out, Virginia, she's hollering, hey, where are you? You know, Marsha, 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 and notices the Oh, you can't dogs. say Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That's totally the Brady Bunch. Oh, I've never heard that oh before. Oh, my God. Make a connection. Okay, anyway, God love my I've, my young daughter. So, anyways, Go. 
Marsha, Marsha, Marsha is Brady Bunch. Notices the family dogs. They had two dogs on the right. opposite side of the street. And the dogs are known to follow Marsha around where she goes. Just Marsha. Yeah, basically. I mean, Chuck was in the driveway, so he wasn't going far. Right. But I'm trying to figure out, if Chuck was in the driveway, why did his friend go with Marsha? Um, well, we don't know that because it was just sketch. It was secondhand news. Right. So around 7 p.m., Dad Charles gets a little sketched, and he's like, you know, we haven't seen her. It's been where is a Marcia? few hours. We're concerned. So he calls his detective friend. Where name, is this missing child? Where is this mission, Marsha? Missing mother of three. Yeah. Nancy Grace got in oh, on it. Just kidding. She was not... So Charles, the dad, Marsha's dad, calls his friend, who who's Sherman Dickens, and he's actually a detective. Sherman? Sherman Nickens. Sherman Nickens? I thought you said Dickens. It's Nickens. And um, basically, Nickens was like, you need to drive around the neighborhood, see if you can find anything. that's what you did when your freaking kid was missing. Right. Got in your car and drove around looking for him. Right. Like when my mom called like me, like people. in Priest Lake Condos when I shouldn't have been there. Well, yes, mom, if mm, you're listening. Sorry. So, Charles does this. He goes and he searches the neighborhood and he's like, uh, Sherman, I didn't see shit. What's my next steps? So, he calls Sherman Nickens back and he's like, bruh, you're a detective. Help me. Yeah. So, so Why Nickens, you got that badge, bitch, if yeah. you ain't helping Right. So, Nickens arrives to the Trimble residence before the youth guidance and homicide officers, 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 <laughs> there's always a hooked on phonics moment. <laughs> and uh, the search team was created Ow. of highly skilled individuals among many departments, as well as a search with a helicopter. So immediately they were like, search team, helicopter, boom. Ah, get on it. Media launched this story from local news all the way to Oprah. And the streets were crowded what? around Wait, the home. what? Oprah? Oprah even. Oprah said, wasn't around in the 70s? Um, she Oprah, might have been on a news station, but that bitch did not Oprah have... was interested in the story. Okay, well, she was a news reporter back in... For those that know the history of Oprah Winfrey, she was a Nashville news reporter before she became a bazillionaire. Okay? Apparently, before Oprah was Oprah, she had her shit on the story. Right, but she was interested in the story. So the streets were crowded around the the Tremble home with reporters and detective vehicles, right. police cars. I remember those interviews, Dave. And nosy onlookers. Portable toilets There's were always even a nosy placed onlooker. What? in the Tremble's yard. There were portable toilets in the Tremble's yard. Porta potties in the yard? Mm-hmm. Porta potties in the yard for all the people that were coming back and forth. Just to see their house? Onlookers, detectives... You know, everybody... Okay, just, people don't do that. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so upon some investigation, it was found that Marsha had on her possession a $5 bill and pennies in, in a, a quarter wrapper. Wasn't it in a roll, like the bank roll? Yeah. Or like for like pennies and for, shit? It was for a... It was a bank roll of pennies. But, right, 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 uh, right. It was a bank roll of... The wrapper was for quarters, but it had pennies, pennies in it. Pennies in it. Right. Yeah, so that's a right, significant right, right. thing. What the hell? So, um, this would, of course, later be found an important piece. So, over many days, tips were submitted, and Marsha's story was broadcasted on news and TV. People were saying, oh, hey, we, we saw her in Centennial Park. We saw her on Clarksville Highway. We saw right. her in Bucksnort, Tennessee. Hell, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but and again, of, let, let me just say, again, because the story was so big, because we had just moved to Nashville in 1975. Oh, no, no, 73. And this happened in 75. She was two days younger than me. Mm-hmm. And then... It seemed like right after this happened, they played this creepy-ass Stranger Danger video in the at school. And I can, I don't know, please, guys, if you're out there, Lori, Terry, 
help a girl out, you went to the same school system. I know you can find this video. I mean, we've looked and I can't find it, but all I can remember is like, you know, some dude, some creepy ass dude talking to a young girl and then you see them taken off in this car. It was not the, f that, what was that, a Ford something or other, anyway. Uh, and the next thing you saw is a bloody tennis shoe in a creek. And that video, that movie haunts me to this day, folks. So I never went outside again. Just yeah, <laughs> honest to God. Stranger Danger was the shit. And I mean, it did. It creeped me out then. I don't know if it was timed, you know, obviously being in the 70s. I don't remember shit, but it... It was creepy. It's still when I think, when I thinks about when it. When I thinks about it. When I thinks about it, it gives me the creepy jeebie-jeebies. Anyway, <laughs> Lori, Terry, help a girl out. Do you remember that video from Lakeview or uh, Mount so, View? Maybe it might have been Mount View. Even it was definitely before the Donaldson days. Anyway, so go. all of the all of the sightings of her and con. Uh, Con Centennial Park. Oh my Park god. Still. Did you say Contentennial? Sorry, I'm fucking. <laughs> Let's continue. In so, other words, we're into the mimosas a little further. Mimosa. Me, mamosa. <laughs> that means it's got vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so, Go. um. So, Sorry, all of Marcia, these tips um, that the police were getting, they were proved meaningless. They were bullshit. So, a, TV, a local TV station in Nashville actually received a tip that Marsha was being held hostage by an African-American family in Nashville. Oh, dear God. And, actually, there were phone calls to the Trimble family that were recorded on police right. tap. Right. Where it sounded like... Guys, y'all can listen. You can listen to where it. Are it's they? on the doc... It, uh, I can't remember the documentary. It was on YouTube. We'll figure it out. That I watched. We'll um, tell but you. You could hear they were very creepy. It was like, hey, you, you what know... What the fuck? You want to you wanna see your daughter again here? Yeah, give so us much all this money. Yeah. And meet it was us like a here. ransom thing. Yeah, kind of Jean Bonnet. And this from actually the 70s. comes up again later. So um, basically, okay, so the go. police arrested a male who claimed to see Marsha at the Haywood Lane exit of I 24, and a search of the area was conducted. That Anybody eating Mikados lately? That included. Same exit. That included Percy Priest Lake. And the surrounding areas and right parks. down the street from my house. Um, so basically, they did a search of the whole the area, time. including the lake, the parks, and isolated areas. And they even brought in search sniffer dogs. Sniffer dogs. Sniffer dogs. I don't smell shit. And uh, several days after Marsha's disappearance, a 15-year-old named Jeffrey Womack was arrested. In and connection. by the way, we've heard podcasts that call him Womack. 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 Yeah. We all know Nashville There's says only one Womack. other podcast that we've heard of them. So, anyways. Anywho. Um, he was arrested in connection with the, you know, disappearance of Marsha. And it shocked the locals because Jeffrey was born and raised a block away from where Marsha lived. Yeah. So, remember. Never been in any trouble. You right? remember the neighbor, Marie Maxwell. Yeah. Right? Who was waiting on her cookies. So, her claims of seeing... Marsha with two people the day right. that she saw her. Right. Could the other adult looking person be Jeff in a coat? Womack? Womack? Womack. Right. Huh. So the evening of Marsha's disappearance between 5.30 and 6, Jeffrey walked to a friend's house, Peggy Peggy Sue what Peggy, did you do? Who claimed that he looked all Hot and sweaty, and she asked him about it. Which could have been from the basketball, legit. He claims he was playing basketball, which is weird because... Was he not with... March and Chuck were playing basketball together. By themselves, but he wasn't with them. But Jeffrey wasn't with them. They were like 12. Missed that. Yeah. Okay. So officers questioned the neighborhood Sketchy. kids about the disappearance. And the first officers on the scene, one being Tommy Jacobs... Tommy. Overheard someone saying that Marsha had gone with Jeffrey Womack. Gone, gone where? where? Like That's to a deliver question. Cookies? It's like where did, did she he, go? Was he gonna escort her to deliver? I cookies? don't know. Some sources say that did she was delivering. Did he want her cookies? <laughs> Some sources <laughs> were saying just... 
Maybe he was. Maybe she was delivering cookies to his house too. But she specifically said to her mom, no, "I'm going to no. Maxwell's house." One time, boom, boom. Time for dinner. So Go they're like, home. "Okay, cool. Let's go to Jeffrey's house and see what the fuck's up." Right. So they get there, and Jeffrey's actually not at the house. And where it was the, where is Jeffrey? It was later found that we believe he was at Peggy's, but. It was oh. later found that he had walked to the Trimble Let's Tom. talk about, do we need to talk about We're going to talk about Peg. Let's talk about that so bitch they, in a minute. So they walk, so Jeffrey actually walks to the Trimble's house because he thinks that the police may be still be still be there. Okay. Because they had gone to his house and his mom was like, no, nah, he ain't here. And then it, when he got home, his mom was like, the, the same night or the next night? It was the same night. Okay. So they agreed to speak to the police were like okay we'll we'll talk to you so they went to the trembles parents bedroom and talked to jeffrey womack there because he walked to that house he was at the trembles thinking that the police were still there which oh, they were to talk okay to him. all right. right so he went over he there trying to, to clear his name basically. all right got you it's so cya on jeffrey's part right so he's 15 at the time and he talks with how in the hell would he know to go do that well, he said that they were looking for him, and so he went to where he saw police cars, I guess. So, that to me says, I'm innocent. So, he goes over there, and he talks to Officer Tommy Jacobs, Arthur Jackson, and Sherman Nick- Nickens. Sherman. Sherman! Charles, Charles, he, he called him and was like, hey, what should I do about my daughter? It was the right, dad's right, friend. Right, 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 Dad's friend, Sherman. That he initially called to begin Got with. Got it. Right. What do so, I do? So, Walmart claims that he did Walmart. his best... Womack claims that he did his best to answer all the questions that the police were asking him. Hey, you know, this is where I was. This is what I was doing. But he really couldn't finish his sentences or they weren't listening to him when he was trying to explain it. And we all know how cops can be when they're trying to interrogate. When they think it's definitely this person. It has to be him. But they don't even have much evidence Especially back then. Yet. Oh, my God. They were so much worse. So. I don't know. Well, I think it, they were just trying to get it They just got away with a lot girl. more shit. So, they basically, he was like, you know, they wouldn't allow me to finish. They wouldn't let me talk. And upon asking him to empty his pockets, um, Womack pulls out a condom, an <gasps> unused condom in Wait, a wrapper. How old was he? 15. A $5 bill and a quarter wrapper with <gasps> pennies in it. How did he get that? Hmm. Why has he got a condom and he's 15? Well, Mac, well, I mean, 15-year-olds are oh. probably fucking, but we don't know who they're <gasps> fucking. So, police also All checked right. out his arms to see if there was possible evidence like of a struggle or, or even drug use. Like, maybe he oh. was using drugs. Um, and he was then this asked... This was 1975, people. Yeah, so then he was asked to take off his shoes where they were later photographed, and his shoes... I think they were Converse or Vans. I can't remember. They looked like Converse. I don't think they had Vans back then. Where the words, fuck you, were written along the sole. Fuck you was written on his shoe? On his shoe. Fuck you on your shoe. Yep. And police were like, okay. I've never hated This is our dude. Yeah. This is him. He's weird. Yeah. Why is he writing fuck you on his shoe? Dude. So, Womack was made primary suspect in... (laughs) (laughs) Womack is a suspect. (laughs) Immediately. Uh, Hooked on phonics, folks. Jeffrey's mom, Womack's mom, arrived and the questioning had to stop because she brought in some lawyers with her. Oh. Um, one being John Hollins, who actually took on the case pro bono, but he was a very well-known lawyer in Nashville. Okay. Um, and I was there, but I was only 10, so I don't He remember. represented Womack and suggested polygraph testing, where Womack later passed five polygraphs. <gasps> five. Not guilty, because he's not smart enough to know five. how to pass it if he's only... Probably 17 at this point. Anywho. So, oddly enough, I don't think he's guilty anyway. After Marsha's disappearance, the Trimbles would receive phone calls related to Marsha and the disappearance where people wanted to meet up with Charlie and for just $300, the man who had called him would reveal the location of a safe house where Marsha was being kept by either two African-American men or Muslim men. What the 
Wait, what? It was multiple claims. Those the messages on the voicemail? It was they he was Charles was actually oh, he talking was actually to recording him. So their that? their phones were tapped, okay, I believe. Got it. This is why she did the homework from. So those claims were later dismissed, of course, because it was all fake trying to get three hundred dollars from this family, this Faf. poor family. Fake. Fake as fuck. Faf. So Sadly, 33 days after her disappearance, on March 30th of 1975, which was actually Easter Sunday. Two days after her birthday. Two days after her after birthday. After her 10th birthday, folks. Yep. A man searching through an old family garage 200 yards from the Trimble home. That's two football fields for those of you who can't figure that out two Dis- football fields discovers legs under some stored items and he initially thinks hmm that's odd it looks like a doll let me poke it with there a stick there must be a mannequin under here that wasn't here before this whole time so he proceeds to poke the legs with a stick and then he calls the popo well because guess what it didn't feel like he was plastic. shook it. Yeah, he was shook it, folks. And who wouldn't be? So the motor. But remember, did you remember the picture of the garage? It was kind of like hoardish, you know, like yeah, think of I mean, a like hoarder, but like, on a lower level. So you know how? And wasn't she covered in a tarp and some blankets and shit? Well, okay, so some people. Like, even now, they have their main garage where they store their cars, but then they have, like, right, this right, garage right. on the, you know, flip side of their property that's just, like, storing a bunch of shit. And this Some had, people actually have it in their house, but praise to the ones that have it well, outside. Well, this, this garage was just stored with a bunch of shit, and it was just, you know... And the popo had done been through it once, right? Yeah, we, we mentioned that later, but... Oh, sorry. Yeah. So they, they actually searched it initially and didn't find anything. Wonder why. But the murder investigation of Marsha Trimble begins, and she was found two days after what would have been her 10th birthday. So sad. Easter Sunday. Yep. So. There's a whole meaning to that for her family, which is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Easter Sunday every time now is just different for them. I'm sorry for all those who have lost loved ones on a holiday. So this garage was searched initially, like we said, um, when Marsha first disappeared, and it was suspected that her body was placed there after the fact. But you know, I after don't think so, you after know? it was initially know. searched, but much of the evidence led to her actually being there undisturbed the time, right? for thirty-three days. Right? How about some more shoddy ass? Mm-hmm. We didn't have what's his name, Postilagon. I never. Lieutenant Kenda. No, no, no. Well, Kenda was in Colorado Springs, but then we had a kick-ass fucking dude in Nashville, Postilagon or whatever his name is. I, I can't say know. it right. He solved, uh, I think, a record of unsolved cases in history in the city of Nashville, folks. Really? Look it up. Yeah, I'll find his name, but I can't say it right. Anyway. So, um, apparently there were no drag marks um, leading to the garage, and it looked like she had gone in the garage voluntarily. Do you think Um, she was carried? I don't know. Um, So, her little feet print, we don't know. Bug tests even suggest her body was laying there. It didn't say anything about her footprints. No feet print. Um, they did a test on the bugs, of course, that were there, and it was evident that she had been laying there the whole time, the whole 33 days, and blood pooling also concluded this. So, Popo missed it. Popo missed her laying there. How do you miss a fucking pair know, of legs? Man. Who knows? So, the money she had um, had from selling cookies was stolen, and the death was ruled as a strangulation, and it would actually take a couple years before the Trimble's discovered that Marsha was also sexually assaulted. Do we know why that is? Did they not um, check for a rape kit? Or I was think it delayed or they just didn't want to tell them? Maybe at the time they didn't have the technology for it. That could have been, guys. This is 1975. Um, I didn't dig too much into DNA that. DNA didn't hit big time until the late Well, what, that's late exactly 80s? why they didn't find the right person until then. Okay. So, let's get into it. Let's do it. So, with all this evidence, they still believe that Jeffrey Womack did it. And it turns out that he was actually hiding something. So, the what purpose the, of the condom in <gasps> his pocket. Oh. So, surprisingly enough... Let's talk about a coincidence. Jeffrey stated that 
The reason why he had a condom in his pocket was that he was actually sleeping with 32-year-old Peggy Morgan. Peggy Morgan, who had the daycare out of her house. Yeah, so he actually did a lot of odd jobs in his teenage years, and one of them was working for Miss Peggy Morgan. At, you know, he would he help her take care of babies or something. Back before a cougar was called a cougar, uh, yeah. she was preying on young mm-hmm. uh, teenage boys and... Yeah, as the story goes, you know, once a teenage boy hits a certain age, he doesn't care what it is, he's going to hit it. So some people were like, okay, he's got a condom in his pocket and he's sleeping with an older lady. That, you know, he's cleared. It wasn't him, definitely. But some people thought that this made him a bigger suspect. But what, wait a minute. It said that she had a daycare and Womack. Detective? Womack? No, Jeffrey Womack was the suspect oh, that we're talking about. And he would occasionally work there. Huh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said Is already. that what we call it? Working? Yeah, he worked Anyway, there he was day, working her the there. Care. He was... Never mind. So, Womack... It. In 1977, Womack worked as a dishwasher in the local restaurant called Jolly Ox. <gasps> Which, by the way, you guys, was my dad's favorite steakhouse in Nashville. Yum. Yes, your papa who died before you were born. Favorite. That's crazy stuff. Hey, Karinis, if you're listening, Jolly Ox. So. Older Nashvillians. How about a, that, chill? Go authorities on. would bring in undercovers to the Jolly Ox to try and incriminate Jeffrey Womack and even had a co-worker, his name was Chris Richards, agree to wear a wire. Chris but, Dix. But no tapes were found. And Chris would later tell local news stations that when he was asked about Womack, he asked Womack, hey, did you kill Marcia? Did you have anything to do with it? That Womack had said he could never do anything like that. And Chris believed him. He thought that he was a good guy and he didn't have any doubts about him. Right. He was like, I got my bros back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird that they tapped him, but they didn't have any... Any well, evidence. you know, but back in the day, it was pressure. Probably. It was pressure to get this shit solved. Right. They probably just didn't find anything, and that's why we can't find them. Right. So, 1979, August, after interviewing so hundreds. This is four years later? Yeah, almost four years later. Or yeah, four years later, after hundreds of witnesses and going through numerous tips, police finally arrest Jeffrey Womack. By surprising him at the Parkside apartment complex that Jeffrey was living at with his brother. And he was 20 years old at the time. Booked for first degree murder. But he was actually released on a $25,000 bond which his family had acquired. So he's free while awaiting the trial. Wait a minute. Wait. So while, while he's in jail? Um... I'm wondering if they're still looking. They think they got their man. Well, it says that he's free while awaiting the trial, and locals believe that he's the one that did it. Okay, so yeah. the locals because are like, because he it's had him. the money or the thingy. Because he had the quarter and the the, all and the evidence okay. led to him okay. basically, but there was Sketch no as physical fuck. evidence. I, got, I agree. Right. So it said that when his mother. Uh, it's said that Jeffrey Womack's mother actually pleaded with him over and over again. You know, just t- tell, just the tell people the truth. Um, it took, the truth shall set you free. And it took four years for the police to actually build a case on him, which is why they didn't arrest him until 1979, because they were trying to build a case, build a case. But um, unfortunately, within seven months of building that case, Hard it was... to build a case against... It was falling to pieces. Right. They just couldn't really build a case against him because they didn't have shit. So, Attorney General Tom Shriver, at the time, claimed that there just wasn't enough evidence to prove beyond reasonable doubt that Womack would remain, but that Womack had done it, but he would still remain a suspect. Not a main suspect. And not only that, when you get, like, sorry, when you get labeled that. A suspect, you're a suspect. You are, and and it follows you forever. So, it's sad to say, but Marcia's father, Charles, actually passed away when he was 52 years old in 1989. Oh, my God. That was three, almost four years ago for me. 
And he never, he said he never, of course he never knew who actually killed his daughter. Well, he does now. Because Womack. He did it, he did the minute he died. Was Womack him? him? We don't know. So investigators wouldn't leave Jeffrey Womack alone, and they later popped up, even though he passed five polygraphs, even though he admitted over and over again it wasn't him. He had, you know, all that evidence that just didn't pile up against him, no physical evidence. Okay, they so they still, let, let him go, right? They're still, they're still continuing to look for him, and they later popped up at a Burger King where he was working at and took him to Metropolitan Nashville General Hospital. Metro, so they used it, used to be in the most sketchiest part of Nashville. It looked pretty sketchy. It really still is, it, it but back sketchy. in the day, oh my God. When you saw it, it looked pretty sketchy. It was scary. So, anyways, they forced him to give a hair sample and a blood sample, and, of course, like we said earlier, his DNA just didn't match. But the police were like, you know what? We believe it was him. We don't he's care. A, he's we our only guy. Thank God for... Forensic yeah. these days. Walmack was the one who killed Marsha, they said. And on the 22nd anniversary of Marsha's death, investigators actually hid cameras on her gravestone to see if they could catch... How many years? 22 years oh after. God. They hid cameras on her gravestone to see if they could see him. Actually, they, they, wanted to, they wanted to know if he was going to come back so. and say something and catch incriminating evidence on Walmack, but it just wasn't the case. Because they hid cameras on her gravesite in hopes for clues, and they never found anything. Why would it be 22 years later? I don't know. That's weird. So, oddly and sadly enough, 33 years later. So, keep in mind, she was found 33 days after she disappeared. 33 years. Oh, my God. After she was found that's dead. That's Her killer was finally named. Thanks to... And unfortunately, um, you know, Womack Womack went through 33 years of torture because everybody thought it was him, but it actually was not Jeffrey Womack. And he's actually in the documentary that I watched. Did he he get any compensation? Um, I don't remember him saying anything about that. Probably not because he technically wasn't jailed or arrested for it. He was just black labeled for it for his whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is Mm -hmm. some shit, you guys. So, Sorry, I got the hiccups. Jerome Barrett was in prison from 1974 to 2002 for multiple charges. And in 1975, so I'm going to just kind of get into the history okay. of some crimes that happened around the same time of Marsha's disappearance and how they relate. Keep in mind, guys, too, another thing that we might go into detail in another episode episode but apparently in this investigation we found out that Nashville was notorious for serial killer slash killings in the 70s in the 19 that started in 1975 and ran for what about seven years maybe roughly seven into the early 80s eight years yeah we we were uh Nashvilleans notorious for serial killer. How fun is that? I mean, hey. It's kind of like Los Angeles. Yes, Queen. No. So, in 1975, a Vanderbilt student was found murdered near the uh, university. Keep in mind, Vanderbilt right now, who, you gotta have money to be over there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, also close to Green Hills, um, her case also went unsolved for many, many years. Her name was Sarah Desprez. And then also... Desprez? Desprez. And in 19... Dupree, maybe? It's D-E-S-Prez. Desprez. I think it's probably pronounced Dupree. No, it's not. Everybody else said it. Sarah Desprez. Oh. I don't even care. It's that. Anywho. It's that. And that's that. (laughs) (laughs) So, 1975, a Belmont University student was sexually assaulted. Another hoity-toity. And a woman was attacked outside her Fairfax apartment, where the man had apparently ripped open her shirt and fondled her breast. (gasps) What? Wait a minute. She told him... Wait. Wait. Okay, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. She, she told him a cop lived close by and the, at the apartments, and the dude ran. 
So, so he motorboated her and then ran. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, wait, the popo's close. And he was like, bye. I'm out of gas. Bye, bitch. Let me use my the rest of my gas to run the fuck out of here. So. <laughs> Sorry. So, that's not this funny. This is inappropriate. <laughs> this is not funny. <laughs> So, <laughs> March 1975, Jerome Barrett was arrested for the rape of the Belmont... Jerome! For the rape of the Belmont University student. So, remember, we said the Belmont University student was sexually assaulted. And then later... Belmont and Vanderbilt. And later, a woman's boobs were fondled and a man ran off. So, I these are... It was these are two separate cases. It was President Clinton... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about that woman's breasts. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations. I did not fondle that woman's breasts. I did not put a cigar in between them. <laughs> Okay, so we need to move. We need to move forward. Okay. So they later collected. They later connect collected the DNA from Jerome Barrett, who was of course arrested for that rape of of the Belmont University student. And um, when they got his DNA, the murder of the Vanderbilt student, Sarah. Des Prez was also solved because they got the dude's DNA. So, if you say Des Prez one more time, <laughs> so Jerome Barrett was arrested for, of course, the rape of the oh. Belmont student and the murder no of way. Sarah Des Prez. So got his DNA that way. And the police were like, "Hold up, he might be connected to Marsha Tremble's murder." Why would they? Oh. And when he was initially arrested in 1975, he was wearing a long coat, just yeah. like Marie Maxwell had described seeing. He was in the Matrix. He was in a trench coat. He was Neo. So. It was later found that Jerome Barrett worked in the Green Hills area doing landscaping. Go figure. Did he work at the tree nursery that she was sighted at? I bet. So it was said. Maybe he said that he saw you her. You remember with... way before, way before, there were witnesses that said we saw her at the tree yes. nursery. Did he work at that tree Maybe nursery? He saw because her he did. around with cookies and he was like, hey, I ordered cookies. Where are my cookies? Because maybe accusatory. Well, my thing, my, there were a lot of questions where maybe somebody had taken her box of cookies. And as a nine-year-old, you're like, who the fuck are you running away with my cookies? I'm going to go chase you. And maybe he took her cookies and ran off. What's his name? Get her her money, though. So, it would be later... Known that Jerome would be convicted of Marsha's murder. And he totes did it, y'all. Because the DNA matched. Um, and, the you DNA know, I never... Lie. Honestly, that's a good question. I never figured out why he ended up with you the... You know what? Maybe when door. he was too busy molesting her, he dropped her money. Maybe while and she then, was running from him. And maybe dude picked it up. Her. She dropped her money. But why wouldn't Jeffrey mention, oh, I picked this up off the street? Because he stole her fucking money. He ain't gonna admit And that's the only thing that she had on her. That's right. Was the cookies. So. And the money. So, it was, of course, like I said, Jerome Barrett was convicted of her murder. And he was sentenced to life in prison plus 44 years because of the multiple crimes. The rape and the murder of Sarah Desprez and Marsha Trimble. And there was actually a um, documentary released, I can't remember the year, I think it was in the 90s, called Indelible, where the case um, against Jeffrey Womack was shown. It was it was good to watch. It was pretty yeah, entertaining. I didn't watch it. Um, shockingly enough, this is a good point. Remember me telling you about the newspaper? Yes. So, um, there was a newspaper that was published in 1975 in Nashville, just 12 days before Marsha's body was found. 
and it had her missing poster on it. So it had a couple of her pictures, recent like, it pictures. It was a big, big case, and they were they were yeah they were reporting. I, reporting. It was the one I used for the sneaky peeky. Right. I don't reporting, think it reporting, showed. Reporting. Yeah, and I don't think the sneaky peeky showed the whole picture, but I do have it, so I'll post it. Um, if you guys are interested, yes, please do. I'll post it in the comments. I think you should. But um, 12 days before Marsha's body was found, the newspaper had her missing poster on it and a photo of Jerome Sidney Barrett. His photo was on the same newspaper Fucking flyer. Same, same picture of the newspaper, y'all. Same page. Her killer was on the same page, and they didn't find him until 33 because, years later. For a different crime. Because of another crime. Yeah, right. he was in there because of another crime. It was her still missing... Oh my God, where's Marsha? And they're both on the same fucking yep, page. Yep, yep. His name is blasted literally right above hers. So anyway, so, guys, this really isn't unsolved. That's crazy. I also have one more fun fact. Oh, Just a quick snippet. It. Go. So in 2013, a song called The Ballad of Marsha Tremble was released by artist John Danley. Don't really was know. He from Nashville. Don't really know much about him. I was about oh, to say okay. maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. He probably. Um, it's a just local. an instrumental, so maybe it was used for a documentary. That possibly beats me, baby. Either way, um, when I was looking for you know stuff to look up for this, that was one of the things that had popped up. Um, it's just that ballad, that just and makes I, it I even thought creepier. it was interesting because yeah, that's creepy. That's like I'm waiting on the ballad of Jean Benet. Well, I mean, it was 2003, so it was after her death, but it was, you know, we just we are just troubled by this case, but we're so glad that you recommended it because the research was hard to find because there wasn't many videos, there wasn't you know a lot of information besides Wikipedia, and sometimes Wikipedia you can't really trust. I so, don't trust. I'm sorry. We're so sorry for the delay in this, but we're oh, so glad that you're all here. Oh, mama. So glad that you're all here listening now, and we it's hope a good thing. that you all had a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful New Year's, and we cannot wait to post our videos. I believe um, we have a hard time being on a time schedule because we have so much going on in our oh lives. Oh my God, you guys! But I think we're not gonna. Of course, we're not gonna do a weekly. We may do a bi-weekly, and or it may maybe just, a tri-weekly. No, it's not a tri-weekly, mom. <laughs> it's a bi-weekly. I'm sorry. And we're going to post bi-weekly, but probably Saturdays. Because what happens is I have to drive to mom's on Friday. And or, then we have to put my son to bed. And then we have to record. And then we have to listen. And then we have to have edit. To, and it's just very hard to get out. And we got to get a little buzzy, buzzy. No? Right. We try to have Hence a couple drinks beforehand. So it ends up being a little easier to do. But we so enjoy doing this. And we're sorry that it, you know, just takes a couple of weeks, but we're just getting the hang of it, and we're just, you know... Please bear with us. We're we got so... a lot going on. Mom works full-time. I work part-time, and I'm also and a stay-at-home mom. And it's just, we got a lot going on. My husband works night shift, so just bear with us. We're all living life. We're all doing COVID, and we're all just trying to oh do the Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say we were, we're all doing something else with the scene. So, let's just... Glad you didn't say that. If you guys have any questions, or if you guys want to know what the hell, or if you think that Marsha Tremble wasn't murdered by this guy. No. DNA don't lie. Yeah. You wrong. It was not, it was not Jeffrey Womack. You can stop blaming him now. We got this done. So we want to know what you think. Let us know what the 